Prepare your ear holes for hoops. It's like a romance with the ball. Get ready for a view of Cleveland basketball from downtown Columbus. Let it ride! This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. Let's get it on. I guess it's a good time to be recording episode eight of the podcast. Very Cavalier. I'm Eric Reeser. That's Matty Ice Hayes. Some history was made. This would have been last night, so Monday, January 2nd. An all-timer, really, in terms of wine and gold performances, one that eclipses those of LeBron James, of Kyrie Irving, of guys that have won championships with the franchise that we love. (laughs) And 71 points for Donovan Mitchell. It's the most by an NBA player in 17 years in a single game. Yeah. Maddie, it was weird in real time. Because this is, you know, a Cavaliers team that was without Evan Mobley because of an ankle. This was without Darius Garland um, because of a thumb. And uh, it's another Donovan Mitchell putting this team on his back in a game against the Chicago Bulls that they shouldn't be losing to. I know just a couple of nights ago that they had a one-point victory against the same Bulls. And, okay, you know, you didn't have a ton of expectations other than go out there and win the game. And you didn't lead at all until overtime or until Donovan Mitchell sends it to overtime. And uh, he goes on to have an all-time performance in that OT period. I think Jared Allen had two points. <laughs> I think Karis LeVert decided to shoot the ball. And I was hearkening back to uh, the, the Stephen A. Smith SNL lines of like in the four, in the overtime period of a Cleveland Cavaliers basketball game, <laughs> anybody but Donovan Mitchell should not be touched the basketball. <laughs> e, happy new year, first of all. To you as well. Happy new year to our listeners What we witnessed on the 2nd of January in the year 2023 was absolutely bananas because this wasn't one of those historic performances to where the team didn't need it. They needed all these points. (laughs) Every single one of them. Every single one of these freaking points from Donovan Mitchell, 24 points in the third quarter, and he went to the free throw line 12 freaking times. I'll tell you this, because you mentioned, you know, Evan Mobley not being available. Darius Garland, DG still dealing with an injury, so obviously he wasn't there. So when you go out there and you rack up this amount of points, E, and you're not out there with a whole bunch of three-point snipers, nope. that is what makes this even more impressive to me because the paint was kind of clogged up. When you look at some of the buckets the man was getting, whether it was floaters in the lane, contested mid-range jumpers, he was knocking down the three ball at a high clip. That is really impressive, V, because there is no DG out there to provide him space. This isn't a Cleveland Cavaliers roster full of three-point snipers that are going to space the floor. So the Bulls knew coming into this game, the one thing we got to do is not let Donovan Mitchell go off, and they couldn't do it, and the man put the squad on his back. It was all-time stuff last night as you laid out off the top. I mean, Kyrie, LeBron, we all remember those performances. This is another one of those historical moments to where you'll remember where you were where Donovan Mitchell was cooking up 71 points. And it's so weird in that vacuum of last night because on uh, now that we all have 19 screens to watch sports with, yeah. of course, because we're here in the Buckeyes state, and I know our NFL allegiances didn't match up last night, mm-hmm. you being a Ravens fan, myself being a Browns fan, Everybody in the NFL, everybody really in sport had interest on what was going on in Cincinnati between the Bengals and the Bills. And yeah. early in the first quarter, um, you know, of course, everything happens with DeMar Hamlin and and him going into cardiac arrest off a seemingly innocuous tackle. I mean, yeah, he just tackles was... T. Higgins. They both get back up and then he just collapses. 
And, yeah. I, and, I, and I'm watching kind of the, the later stages of the Cavs game and just trying to process the fact that Donovan Mitchell is having an all-time Cavalier, an all-time NBA performance right, right. juxtaposed to what the hell just – did I just watch a player pass away in, yeah, in it, Cincinnati? Yeah, it, it was uh, – you talk about, you know, being emotionally torn in two different directions. That's exactly where I was last night because it was the – the low, the lowest of lows, as you just laid out with what happened down, you know, in Cincinnati between the Bengals and the Bills. I mean, that was just absolutely terrifying stuff because e, we've been watching football for a long time. We've seen nasty injuries. We've seen all type of nasty injuries in sports, but nothing that got that close to um, what is the ultimate fear. And that was very terrifying and chilling stuff. So on the other side of it, you know, you did have this Donovan Mitchell moment that could provide some type of joy, some type of spark emotionally. And it, it did a little bit of that for me. So now when you look at what Donovan Mitchell did against the Bulls, here's your list. Wilt Chamberlain, 100 <laughs> points. Kobe Bryant, 81. Wilt Chamberlain again, 78. David Thompson and Wilt Chamberlain both racked up 73. Wilt Chamberlain again at 72. And then you get the 71 club. You have David Robinson, Elgin Baylor, and Donovan Spida Mitchell. That's what we witnessed. We witnessed all-time type of stuff from 45. He joined a club with those five basketball players. Are you friggin' kidding me? <laughs> it's nuts, bro. Like it's nuts. I don't see LeBron. I don't no. see KD. <laughs> Steph. I still don't see Steph. Yeah. I see Kobe, Wilt, David Thompson, David Robinson, yeah. Elgin Baylor. I mean, 06 was when Kobe had 81. The 60s was when Wilt Chamberlain was dropping 60, 70 point ball games. And just the, the fact that Donovan Mitchell last night, and I, I saw some stuff. Twitter was a really, really weird place last yeah, night was, with all of this stuff going on. Of course, so we, we spoke with the, you know, the Hamlin injury in Cincinnati and, you know, everybody that was with and general NBA fan was starting to wonder why, you know, Mitchell was going to the line so many times. And I kind of harkened back to even Garland when he was injuring his thumb. He's like, he's getting hacked a lot. Like yeah. he's deserving those trips to the charity stripe, in my opinion. I agree. And and I was thinking, because, you know, and I want to go at those, those kind of, I'm going to call them bots because they're like not real name. Right. They're like Bulls fan 66 XXO. <laughs> and I, I want to go at that person and say, yeah. no, these are legit. Like you're, you're, you're trying to do what you can because the Bulls were trying to do whatever they could just to stop him. And mm -hmm. I think that's to hack a, hack a spider was probably their best line defensively. Yeah, probably, probably. And you know, what's I think lost in this output, this scoring output that he had last night was the amount of assists that he racked up. Almost a triple-double. Almost a triple-double. Two rebounds double. away from a triple-double. What do you have? 11 assists in the game. Yep. 11 assists to go with 71 points. So by my math, that means Donovan Mitchell accounted for 99 of the Cleveland Cavaliers' 145 points. 99 of the Cleveland Cavaliers' 145 points from one man. And, you know, when the trade happens and we were excited, everybody was excited about getting a dude like this. This is why you have these moments. But to me, e, this fast tracked my mind to the postseason. And this is why you have confidence that the Cavs can beat anyone in the Eastern Conference. Would it be a challenge? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It would. But this is the type of stuff that shows you you could have the best player on the floor in any series. And that's what it's going to take to clip a Giannis 
to clip a JB, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, those type of guys, you're going to need these type of performances. Maybe not 71, but you're going to need this guy, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, to step up and be the baddest dude on the floor. And we know now that 45 can do it. He's been doing this his entire career. He's just a straight bucket getter. The man's so efficient with what he does, and he can fill it up with the best of them. He's seventh in the league in points per game. But he, when you do that type of stuff, that shows me that when we get into the postseason, this Cavs team has one or two guys, in my opinion, between DG and Donovan Mitchell that can get hot and put the squad on their back and bring it home. And that's the most important thing when you're talking about going deep into series is you do you have a dude yeah. that can carry the load for you? Do we, you have a guy like... So many of those names, all of the names that you just mentioned are guys that when the team needs something deep into a series, Mm -hmm. whether it's game five, game six, game seven, he's the guy. Yeah, He's the guy that you can count on. And it does feel like when we get into May, Cleveland's got a couple of them, Mm -hmm. but they almost have the guy, I think, this at least this season outside of the Western Conference. Because I, I, I don't know if Doncic right now or, yeah, I don't know if Luka with the way he's been playing isn't that guy right now above yeah. everybody. But but Spider Mitchell certainly showing out that he can be that guy when you need him. And that's why you got went out and got him. You have to have the ability, I think, when you play the elite teams to match firepower with firepower. Yep. Because when Giannis... Especially the way the Cavs are playing defense recently. Yes, well, yeah, that's another thing. Not great. That's another thing, because it ain't great, and it started off real good. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's been dicey. But when you get into those series, Ian, Giannis goes on his 8-0 run. Or gonna happen. Jason Tatum goes on his 11-0 run by gonna himself. <laughs> Are you going to have a guy that says, you know what? I can answer him. I can answer him, and I can stop the bleeding. This is the type of guy that can do that. I think one of my favorite stats right now for Donovan Mitchell is all these – really good offensive numbers that he has 41% from three. Like, I think that's such a big deal for this team is to have a no doubt guy that is a legitimate threat from the three point line all the time, because that's been another thing that's popped up to me. I know you brought up the defense and that for sure is a a little bit of a concern right now, but the three point shooting across the board, I don't have a ton of confidence in that. Now I know Dean Wade isn't available. He's one of the guys that can help with that. I know DG obviously is a guy that can help with that, but there isn't a whole bunch of depth there as far as three-point shooting, in my opinion. So now when you have this guy that can literally get any type of bucket, and you saw it yesterday, man, all different type of buckets. He had that nasty crossover on Caruso. He hit that three at the top of the key right before halftime to set up a four-point play. Like That's what this guy can do. He can do it all. I think we're – and we're, we're – and it's it, it's a little too much to say in January, but obviously with their 17 and four record at the Rock, you know you looked at, at their record on the road, yeah. not great. Right? So you're, you're you're telling yourself you need to have as many playoff games or as many chances to have playoff games at home yeah. as possible, because I don't see too much more fluctuation as we move through the regular season in how they're going to do at home versus how they're going to do away. Now, they've got the Suns, I believe, on the fourth, okay. and that game is at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. And so, you, you, of course, you look at those things, and you go, well, thankfully, it's at home. Yeah. And I don't think that's the best thing you want to be saying about a team if your expectation is for them to compete for a championship because you want them to, regardless of where they're playing, say, mm-hmm. okay, I really like their chances. It's real, and I can't just chalk it up to, you know what, they'll figure it out. Because the example that's out there is the Warriors right now have been horrible on the road. Yep. Well, I can give them that. You know why? Because I've seen them. They've done it before. 100%. They've gotten to the top of the mountaintop. I'm not worried about the Golden State Warriors when we get into the postseason and their ability to go into somebody else's building and rack up a dub. With the Cavs, I don't know. That's a major question mark. But 
what does bring me confidence is these type of performances because you have these guys that can go into a building on any given night in the postseason and still a win because of their offensive explosion. So that is something that they need to get corrected. That way they could just have confidence themselves that when you have to go into a hostile building in Philly or in Boston or whatever it's going to be in the postseason, Toronto can get crazy throughout the playoffs. Like, how are you going to handle it? This team needs to show themselves that they can go into certain buildings and win. That's very important. But on the flip side of that, what you brought up, E, is big time, is that I don't think there's a whole bunch of teams that have confidence that they can beat the Cavs on their home floor. So that's a good thing to have in your cap as well. And I do think that their schedule coming up uh, serves them well to be able to kind of get over some of those road woes. Uh, Like we talked about on Wednesday, January 4th, it's against the Phoenix Suns. And then they go on a... One, two, three, four, five, five game road, West ish coast road trip that wraps up against the Minnesota Timberwolves on the 14th. But Denver, Phoenix, Utah, Portland, gettable teams. Very gettable teams. That'll highlight what we want to see. That's going to be a gut check moment for them. Now, if Darius Garland isn't there, there's not a whole bunch we can pick at as far as who they are as a whole. But you talk about that road trip. I'm interested in that three to four games, E, right after that Minnesota road game on the 14th. Because you want to talk about some more measuring stick games coming at you. It gets home against the Pelicans. Now, Zion's down right now. Who knows if he'll be back? The hamstring? Hammy. He's got a hammy. Then you got to go into Memphis and deal with Ja. Then you get Clay. And then who knows by then what's you up with Steph. You get some revenge against on the, the Warriors. 20th. And then the 21st, the next day, is number 34 in the Bucks coming back to town. So this is a very important stretch of games. All of them are, but this specifically with what you're talking about, E, with the road record not being great, and then right after that, some big-time measuring stick games coming up. When we get to the end of January, or almost to the end of January, we're going to know a lot more about this Cavs team. And that's an obvious statement, but I like to look at schedules and look at pockets of schedules to really get a feel of where a team is. And I think now, up until about the 22nd of January, we're going to find out a lot more about this Cavs team and how ready they are for some of these big-time matchups. It's not an easy schedule, but it's one that you can navigate very well and you can get healthy coming around into the month of February and going into the the deadline and into the All-Star break and sort of have some health and then some confidence on the road. Like yeah. you're going to get plenty of chances, plenty of swings to be able to say to yourself going into probably Valentine's day. Okay. <laughs> like this team's starting to put it together more than what we've been able to see from them so far. And so far, I think so good. Um, there's, there's so much that happens in the NBA off the court. That's ridiculously interesting. And one of the things that I, I don't know if you saw this from Ben Simmons or from Bill Simmons, excuse me on his podcast, um, the Bill Simmons podcast, but he just threw it out there and he does this all. He just yeah, throws stuff yeah. out there. Milwaukee's a mess. There are rumors about chemistry going on and weird, weird stories floating around about them right now. So they're on a slum. They've lost five of six. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took it on the chin against the wizards on new year's day. Now Giannis, you know, takes some rest days here and there and, they're still third in the East because of the tear that Brooklyn's been on. But when like, he just throws that out there, Milwaukee's a mess. Yeah. How, what do you, do you buy? When I just say that to you with a little context after that, because he doesn't provide anything more. It's hard for me to say they're completely a mess because I know that they've been working through getting back Chris Middleton he, and then so he went back out. Yeah. Right. So when you don't have your number two guy, 
I expect your team to go through some ups and downs. Now, there's people highlighting the play of a guy like Grayson Allen who hasn't been good, and he's been in their rotation. I don't know if that's going to sink their ship completely if Grayson Allen doesn't play at a high clip. I view them in the same way I view the Warriors. This is a team that's shown me in the postseason with the characters that they have that they can get it done. So if they get into the tournament, e and I see Drew Holiday, and I see Giannis, and I see Chris Middleton and Bud's on the sideline calling up plays as a championship coach. I think this team's going to be all right. Now, the ancillary pieces, do they need to be better? Sure, fine. But I'm not worried about the Bucks right now. I cannot be worried about the Bucks if their big three at any point in time the rest of the way is going to be healthy for a large amount of time because they know how to win. They know how to win. I couldn't wait to ask you, though, about how you're feeling about the Brooklyn Nets. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. I'm terrified. It's, it, it's I'm terrifying yeah, it's... with the Brooklyn Nets. Like, this is... Uh, no, this wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> this train wreck was supposed to continue. They were supposed to go off the cliff. They went to the edge, and they stopped, yeah. and then they reversed course. Now they're running over people. It's 12 games in a row they've won. 12 games like Kyrie in and KD are teaming row. up for 80 points, and you're seeing those the, the, the boxes every night. Because admittedly, I'm not watching every yeah. single Brooklyn Nets basketball game, but you're seeing like what they've been able to do and how they've been able to put not just like two game sample sizes together, but like you said, 12 games in a row. Like th- this is what Brooklyn's supposed to be. Correct. Of course. But considering where they started from, yeah, like, damn. They're the most efficient offensive team in the entire NBA right now. They lead the NBA in field goal percentage, the Brooklyn Nets. And I think there's a couple things going on here. Obviously, KD, if you go look at Kevin Durant's numbers right now, he's arguably having the best year of his career, which is crazy to say because he's been a top top 10 guy, in my opinion. But it's just having Kyrie Irving every single night helps. (laughs) It helps, right? When you don't have the whole vaccine stuff and Kyrie just leaving for whatever reason, having that guy who we know is an all-star caliber player helps get this along. But I think it's just the some of the pieces around these two guys, right? When you talk about bringing in a guy like TJ Warren, bringing in a guy like Royce O'Neal, and obviously a guy like Nick Claxton, who is a really good defensive center, he's getting better and better. So I just think they just have more structure around them that's consistent on an every night basis. And when you combine that with the amazing abilities of KD and Kyrie, I'm not surprised. I mean, to your point, it was always some BS with them, right? Always some BS, always always some drama going on with the Nets. We've had none of that going on. We've had none of that going on. So they are looking like a very scary team because they have what we were talking about earlier. Two guys that can get to a series and absolutely pull it out. Because remember, we saw it a couple years ago. They're what? A couple inches away from beating the Milwaukee Bucks. Beating the Bucks. And, and, like, if you do the box, I, I would never encourage anybody. I would actually discourage if you're looking at, like, the teams they've beaten on this 12-game tear yeah. and be like, well, it's the Spurs, it's the Hornets, it's the, the Hawks are okay, it's the Warriors, the Pistons. Like, you should be beating those teams, but they're doing it with, you know, 139-103 to the Spurs, 123-106 to the Hornets. Mm-hmm. They're putting 143 on the Golden State Warriors. Like, yeah. This is going to be a team now that I, I, I'm, I believe in the Nets. Yeah, you have to, right? Because right. Their two guys at the top have championship pedigree. Kyrie, KD, they know what it's all about. Say what you want about how KD got there. He got there. If they just stick with the basketball stuff. That's it. Like, this is terrifying. That's it. And also, look, I think we got to bring up Jacques Vaughn's name in this, don't we? I mean, the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets right now. Yes. 
he grabbed a hold of the steering wheel and how much credit you want to give him, whatever. That's on you. But I think he deserves a ton of credit. Ton for this of credit. Because you're talking about some of those role players for Brooklyn that have stepped into positions to where mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine being a professional and, and I couldn't imagine being an NBA player and thinking at the beginning of the season, this is going to go into a tailspin. Yeah. And then giving being given a trust by guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's big for their confidence. Yeah. It's big for their chemistry. And that's... I think a lot for everybody, including Katie, including Kyrie. Like, you have to give them their flowers. No, I can't sit here I and do. say. I know I 100% give them in their flowers, man. I'm rolling with you on that. I don't know how great of a coach Jacques Vaughn is when we talk X and O's, but I know the man had a whole bunch of mess he had to clean up when he took over this thing, and he'd done a tremendous job because all the drama and stuff has been put to bed. So just wanted to give Jacques Vaughn his flowers, too. Yeah. So now, you know, you and I all year have been doing these pods, and for the most part it was – Milwaukee and it was Boston and then obviously it was Cleveland there's another elite team that's now joined the party before the season we just didn't know what was going on with the Nets and was there going to be a whole bunch of BS going on that doesn't seem to be the case and now the Cavs have one more elite competitor to deal with but they're not a team that they should fear at all and saying we can't beat those guys you've got just as much talent I still want them to go out and make a small trade for a three I'm still going to be crying for that all year but right now the Cavs the Nets the, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, that's your big four. And I don't think it's going to change much the rest of the way in the East. I really don't. Who are you uh, talking on about from Detroit to get at the deadline? Boyan Bogdanovich. I want Boyan Bogdanovich, man. This is a guy that I think provides that shooting. He provides the size. Now, the defense eh, may not be great, but I still think with Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, you're going to have good enough defense on the floor. But he, he's leading the Pistons in scoring. He really is. He drops almost three assists a game, and he's just a vet. He's Remember, he played in those big-time playoff series against the Cavs when he was with the Pacers. So this is a guy that has that playoff experience, and he's shooting almost 42% from three. So this is the guy that I would go out and get. Jay Crowder, Boyan Bogdanovich, two guys I want to see in a Cavs uniform. All right, so we've got a little over a month, February 9th is going to be the trade deadline date. And I've seen Kyle Kuzma. I've seen Harrison Barnes. I've seen Boyan Bogdanovich. You like to be in that position to where if you're the Cavs, you've got assets still. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to give up the the farm uh, like Minnesota did, but you have assets there if, in fact, you feel comfortable about doing a deal. But if they don't do a deal or if they just kind of sit back and, and they and say, you know, a team like Detroit, because it feels like the Pistons are kind of going into the, the tank. Yeah, especially now know? with Cade being injured for the year. They're, the they're mess going that, that was at like the mini malice event the other <laughs> night where they've got guys that are suspended for multiple games, and they're kind of looking at this and going, mm-hmm. is Victor Wembenyama the fix in the Motor City? Right. I, I, there's going to be a lot more teams, I think, as we start to move towards the deadline that say, let's just get as many ping pong balls as possible, yeah. get as many chances to get Wembenyama transform your franchise. And those will be conversations because I'm really interested to see because the Wembenyama thing, he's, he strikes me more of a unicorn than really anybody that I can remember. Maybe LeBron, but I knew LeBron was going to be a thing. Yeah. I knew LeBron was going to be day one, Mm -hmm. absolute nightmare for teams. I don't know about Wembenyama. That's where I'm at. The way I do with LeBron. That's where I'm at. And I think it's because I'm scarred because of poor Zingas. Now, Porzingis has turned this thing around, and you look at what he's doing this year, and he's playing some good ball for Washington. But I'm not ready to go all in with Victor Wimbenyama as far as the best prospect I've ever seen. The best prospect of all time. That's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. But to your point about, you know, teams going down the road of, hey, man, we can just – 
you know, mail it in and getting the Victor Wimbenyama sweepstakes. E, there's a lot of teams, too, from the stuff that I've read that are in on Scoot Henderson and the Thompson Twins. So this okay. draft that's coming up looks to be a very elite draft. Victor's absolutely the prize. He absolutely is. But from everything that's out there, whether it's the Thompson Twins or Scoot Henderson, there's a lot of people that are, are going to be uh, real thirsty to get into that top four to five picks for the upcoming draft. You brought real quick because you, you brought up another name in there that I thought was really good one. Kyle Kuzma's another guy, too. You put him on this team, championship pedigree. I think he fits the timeline as far as age goes. And this is a guy now that's averaging north of 20, uh, 20 points for the Washington Wizards. So all of that size shooting defense to Kyle Kuzma, that's a good name to bring up. I'd be in on that move, too. And I wonder what the Wizards, like you talked about uh, the Zinger having the year that he's had for them, if, if they don't – because they're, they're another a franchise that's kind of at a crossroads, yeah. is, is what do we do with the guys that we have? And if you want to keep – Kuzma and then you want to go in with Porzingis are you trying to make a move into that play in mm-hmm. are, are you trying to make a make a serious run at this then you can't you know blow things up at the deadline and if, if I'm Washington deciding to go in that route only for a sweet deal will I send Kuzma and if I'm the Cavs I'm not sending any sweetheart deals to you I'm getting no. a fair deal yeah. because I you don't need anything. No, you, you don't, don't feel like it. You right? don't. You don't. And this is just one of those things to where you're just trying to add a little bit more icing to the cake. Right. Just a little bit more icing to the cake because you're just trying to close the gap and get as much, you know, real talent as you can to match the other teams. Because whether you look at Milwaukee, whether you look at Boston, or whether you look at Brooklyn, all three of those teams have veteran guys that are coming off the bench that can play at a high level. And the Cavs need as much of those guys as you can. We know Kevin Love can be that guy. I'm kind of in the headspace that Ricky Rubio can be your guy, yeah. too, as a playoff rotation guy. Maybe you just need one more of those dudes because whether it's in Boston with Brogdon or Grant Williams or all those guys are in Milwaukee now with Joe Ingles and Bobby Portis. And then in Brooklyn, when you got TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal, Seth Curry, and Patty Mills, and all these guys that are vets, like you have to have those guys that when Donovan and DG are going to sit down for some time, competent NBA players that that just don't stink eat is what this Cavs team needs. And all the guys that we mentioned, um, you know, whether it's Porzingis, whether it's Jay Crowder, Bogdanovich, Kuzma, would be big-time boost for this Cavs roster. Because I'm – Still, of course, the, the steady Eddie in the East has been the Boston Celtics. For sure. And so they're obviously the top team uh, in the conference right now. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are third. Nets are second. Cavaliers are fourth. Like, this is a great spot for everybody. Phenomenal. I feel like in terms of where you look at the beginning of January, it it's kind of is as advertised at the beginning of mm-hmm. the season, especially for Cleveland. Um, and the one thing that I wanted to get into just as we kind of wrap this up was last night, you, you and I were texting back and forth with Tyvis about Donovan Mitchell's historic night. And it got me to remembering a challenge that Tyvis posed to us um, <laughs> to the me versus nuggets challenge. And there's a chance that I think we could do that, yeah. but I'm not ready to do it on yeah. the sixth. Yeah. That's the game at Denver. Mm-hmm. I would say let's, if you'd like, yeah. there's a 7 o'clock game Thursday, February 23rd. Okay. But the difference in being a Friday night game and a Thursday night game is we still got to go to work <laughs> that Friday, whereas we could have the Saturday to kind of recoup <laughs> yeah. and kind of recover from yeah. a Nuggets challenge that will, based off of how uh, Jokic is playing and based off of how the Cavaliers' defense isn't playing, yeah. we're going to have to buy 135 Nuggets yeah. just to be safe. 
My vote is February. I'm going for, all right, February it is. My vote is February. Are you allowing Tyvis and I to do Chick-fil-A nuggets? I thought Tyvis said he was doing McDonald's. Okay, I'm, gotta, I'm doing McDonald's chicken nuggets. I, okay. You can do nuggets from wherever okay. you would like. I'm in on Chick-fil-A. I um, cannot do McDonald's nuggets. There's um, just no way. I'm not going to put anybody in that box. Because as long as I, I think the participation is the only thing that really needs to be there. I'm yeah. terrified of trying a hundred nuggets yeah, from McDonald's, really yeah. from anywhere. Chick-fil-A still, still mm-hmm. terrifies mm-hmm. me. My problem is when these things go beyond room temperature, right? how am I going to be able to handle that? Because I don't think I'm built for it when they're warm. When they get coldy, how am I going to be able to handle it? Because I like the challenge. I don't know if you watch the show, the challenge on MTV. I watch it all the time. When they get to the nasty little eating challenges, I can't do it. I can't do it. So me eating cold nuggets, that's going to be a problem for your boy. But I'm going to buckle up, man, and we're going to get this thing done. They, I think at the last game the Cavaliers played against the Denver Nuggets this season, I'm trying to look up when exactly that was, but they had a fan in attendance that was eating nuggets to try to match yeah. me versus nuggets. Yeah. Now, this might have been last year because I'm not seeing where they – did they play the nuggets this season yet? I don't think they have. So last season it would have had to be. And he left, if I can remember this correctly, in the third quarter, mm-hmm. and I don't think they ever got an update on if he returned or not. <laughs> and I don't know if there was ever an update given on this poor man who got 109 nuggets deep. Do you have a sauce or sauces of choice? I wouldn't do a sauce. That you believe can help you get through this? No, I think you'd have to go sauceless. So you're going straight nuggets? I just, I sauce and uh, nuggets and water. <sighs> nuggets and water? I have to have some type of sauce. Like, I'm going to need a Chick-fil-A sauce and bar, something, I'm just man. wondering, I'm worried how that would coat, if, if, I'm worried, would it coat my stomach? Or would it just add more, like, sugar and whatever's in those sauces. Yeah, that's a, that's a good like question. The, the chemical makeup of all of that scares me. I mean, this whole thing terrifies it's, me. It's yeah, the it's, yeah. dumbest effing thing that we could have thought of doing. Like, how um, how dumb American can we possibly be by trying to outscore an NBA team, a modern-day NBA team, yeah. with nuggets consumed? Yep. yep. These are the type of things I thought I was done doing when I was 20. But here I am, almost 12 years later. Yep. Put my body through our horrible things via food. Now, I've been down this road before. That was almost a decade ago, E, so we got to see how your boy's going to handle it. Okay, so this was back in March, the last time they played the Denver Nuggets. It was a game in Cleveland. Denver scored 116 points. Yeah. Buckle up. Mm-hmm. Buckle up, E. I think of if we can get like a solid average, maybe that'll give us a better chance. But <laughs> Okay, 80. Oh, here we go. So okay. the Cavaliers held Denver to 87 points in October of 2021. We can get, oh, that'd be wonderful. So this game's on the 23rd of February? Yes, if you can get a 99-87 final where all you've got, I mean, all you've got to do. But if you can just hold it to 87, you can clap it at 90 nuggets? Mm -hmm. I feel a lot better about that. So I was also looking to see, because I was seeing if maybe we could catch the benefit of the Nuggets playing on a back-to-back. Yeah. And maybe Jokic and some other stars don't play in that game. Unfortunately for us... When the Cavs play the Nuggets on the 23rd, the Nuggets wouldn't have played a game prior to the 23rd since February 15th. No, we're screwed. So we're screwed. <laughs> That's fine. We're screwed. We'll, 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 we will burn that bridge and our insides <coughs> when we get to it. Oh, man. I feel like that's the all-star break. Has to be if they're taking that long of a break. Yeah, because the Cavs of the 15th, they're taking on the Sixers in Philly. Yeah, we're screwed. All right, well, that's something to look forward to.
a little over two months away. We'll just prepare accordingly. Uh, and hope 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 for the best. Because, yeah, the the Friday, January 6th theme felt a, a little too ambitious. Yeah, yeah. I'm just so. not – because after – I don't know, you know, I think I've told you this. Like, I'm doing a dry January. Okay. Just to try to reset my body. Yeah. From the holidays yeah. and from all the garbage that I ate and all the alcohol that mm-hmm. I drank. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've i done it a couple of years now, probably three of the last four. I think I skipped it in the pandemic because pandemic. It's really a good way for me to just reset everything. I get it. Real quick. Drink of choice. Drink of choice. Like one drink. You can't have anything else. You get this one cocktail. Maybe it's a beer. What is my man eat cooking up? Yeah, I'll probably do an extra red wine. Okay. A glass of Pinot Noir All right. is the preferred beverage of Eric Reese. Okay. If we're just doing like a one-off yeah. type of thing. If we're doing multiple, so I'm old, and I wish I could have told my younger self this, do not t- pay any mind to what people judge you on your drinking. I drink peach high noon. If Listen. I'm If I'm drinking a lot, I'm starting with high noons. What you said there is something that I hope there's some youngins listening that are obviously qualified to drink, of age to drink. Uh-huh. Don't give a damn what your friends have Don't. to say. So when you go out to the bar, if you want to order something with a little fruit in it, drink get it. it. Get it, it's man. It's going in your mouth. Because we've all been in that phase. Oh, I got to drink a beer. Why I got to drink that? I got to drink something neat. Got to drink whiskey meat. Yeah, like, we got to no. stop. No, no. I'm out of that world, too. My go-to drink right now, and has been for about a year straight, is a Moscow Mule. You just give me yeah, a Moscow Mule. That's a really good summer drink. It's a win. Yep. Tastes good. Doesn't, it's not heavy. You drink a few of those, you'll be feeling all right. You drop The best thing we said on this pod today is what you said. And dr- dropping knowledge on the youngins that don't worry about don't. what any of your friends are saying about what you're drinking. And I think the biggest thing with it is whiskey. Because as dudes, there's a lot of pressure to like whiskey. <laughs> to have. I've got friends that have bourbon collections yeah. that are massive and they have me try all of these things all the time. And if it gets to an expensive enough bottle, I will say, I can't, I will never be able to appreciate that. No, it's all going to taste the same to me because I don't have the palate for it. Mm-hmm. And then if they insist upon it, you go, okay, because you don't really want to start insulting them by no, I won't drink your expensive bourbon <laughs> when you're offering it to me. Like I, you know, I appreciate the offer. Yeah. I, I what the difference between like a $25 bottle of bourbon and a $75 bottle of bourbon will be completely, absolutely, totally lost on me. Me too. Me so too. I and again I, I know we got people here at the station and people that we work with and people that we love that all about it yeah all about the pappies and the granddads and the yeah. Elmer T's and it's like you can keep it yeah you're good and that stuff's fine like I, look I like whiskey I like I like bourbon I like okay, all that stuff I like it all right but every once in a while when the sun's out I need some a little juice in it you know what I mean I need something, something that's that refreshing good. yeah I like I don't need leather I don't need you know the hairs. Growing on my chest just not, because yeah. I took a shot of whiskey. I'm at the point in my right? life where I'm not really trying to impress anybody by what I'm drinking. It's more so how long I can keep up ding, and ding, stay alive ding, when ding, I ding. am doing the drinking. And that, I guess, gets less and less because nothing bleeps you <laughs> harder than time, which we are out of today. We've gone about a half an hour with this, and I feel like we could keep going yeah. because when there's a win like what happened the previous night to recording, when a Donovan Mitchell goes off for 71 there is just so much palpable excitement that I do think, again, measured because in three of or in two of three or at least three of four, they've given up more than 120 points a game. Yeah. But I'm feeling very good about the Cavaliers going into 2023. Me too. Me too, man. Absolutely. That's all you can say. Just got to get healthy, right? It's been a big thing since game number one. Game one. We've been talking yep. about these guys staying healthy. More specifically, Darius Garland. But <laughs> Chi-Chi, man. Yeah, I mean, DG's been going through it this year. He really has. But just the collective... I believe in because the talent is there, but this is about Donovan Mitchell today. I mean, we saw history. First guy 
in the league's history to rack up a 70-point 10-assist game. Special stuff from 45. And you'd have thought, you know, if you look at the Cavaliers' record books, the single-game point leader would be LeBron. Well, that bum got outclassed last <laughs> night by Donovan Come Mitchell. Oh man. We almost made it through without you dunking on the king. There will never Could be you a imagine? show we make it through. No. Could you no. imagine? Do because not do that. Real quick, oh, before we get out of here, have you seen the king stat line the last couple games? He's you don't pre- want him? Yeah. You don't want him, me. No, because that would take away from the magic of... Donovan Mitchell. How would you like this? What would you have to give up for it? Friday night, 47 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. Last night against the Charlotte Hornets, E, 43 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. Come on home, King. Come on home and roll with DJ. I I knew you were trying to close out this, but I got just (laughs) one more thing to say because that Friday night game uh, in Atlanta against the Hawks, how the hell did he pull that off? So it's his birthday. He's 38. He drops 40-plus on the Hawks, and then 24 hours later, he's a in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium to watch the Peach Bowl semifinal. How did that all work out for your birthday? When you're LeBron James. It just works out. You can do whatever you want. Because in that game, oh, look who's sitting courtside. Savannah and his wife. I'm sorry, Savannah and his mom. In the game against Atlanta. He was, he's was he been in Atlanta since the, the freaking game. Because Savannah put up a video of him playing video games and said, this is how you're going to make me spend my New Year's is you playing video games. Look, it, but it's just the fact that he was in the same city as his favorite football team yeah. to watch them in a semifinal the night before. It's like, just yeah, he would have taken a private jet out probably sure. to watch that game. Mm-hmm. But wow, did that work out? The life's man is uh, pretty to good. to work out for it? that guy, huh? Life's man is pretty good. Isn't well, it? it's good. I think work out for the Cavaliers, and we will continue to see and to keep you guys hopefully updated and entertained on everything that goes on. Because I'm Eric Reeser. That is Maddie Ice Hayes. This is Very Cavalier. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Very Cavalier. Make sure to hit subscribe on whatever podcast thing you're listening to.